Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Oftentimes people undo all of their prayers. They have prayed and prayed and solicited the help of others in praying, but then they have undone their prayers and even nullified the faith of other people who are praying by speaking so negatively. Their prayers didn't work, it's true, but they have undone the effect of other people's prayers by being so negative and speaking so negatively. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. If it is according to His will or His word, He hears us, for His word is His will. I believe that's a better way to put it. His word is His will. Because Jesus said, you know, In John's Gospel, the 15th chapter and the 7th verse, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Under what condition did Jesus say, ye shall ask what ye will? He said, if you abide in me. If you are born again, then you are in him. But then he also says, and my words abide in you. I remember a number of years ago, a denominational minister, just a country preacher, who never had an opportunity to pastor a very large church. Most of his parishes were small community churches. He had only a limited education, and it had prevented uh, promotion on his part. However, he was in constant demand for revivals because of his success and soul winning. He would go to a church where no one's being saved, no one had been saved for years, and would have a landslide meeting. You can understand why he was in demand. I talked to him, I remember, this was years ago, he's been dead, that is, going to be with Jesus for a good many years now. But I talked to him when he was in his early 60s, and he was still having phenomenal success in revival meetings, winning the lost. In his own churches, he had altar services. He would get people on their knees and praying. He said, people are always asking me my secret. It's very simple. I just apply faith in that field like you do about healing or believe in God for anything. It never enters my mind to doubt that people will come to be saved. If the doubt did come, I would resist it in the name of Jesus. It's just that simple. I don't do a great deal of extra praying more than others do, but I do pray. I do seek God. I attribute it, however, entirely to that one point that I just have confidence they will come. By the eye of faith, I see them coming. I see the altar filling up. If the meeting isn't going and people aren't coming, just like other times, I don't necessarily increase my praying or seeking God about it. I exercise more faith, he said. When I begin to give the invitation, I can just see them coming and they come. Now that is confidence he is expressing. He has prayed all right, but not excessively. Many times in our praying, we keep looking at the wrong thing. We see it not happening. Well, no one came last night, and they probably won't come tonight either. This may be concerning the unsaved or any other problem. 
if it is finances. Well, it hasn't happened yet, and I'll tell you when I get the money, then I'll believe it, people say. Or if it is some of the family or friends we're praying about. Well, when I see them saved, when I see a change in them, I believe that God is dealing with them. You see, that isn't confidence in God's Word. That isn't letting the Word of God dwell in you at all. That is faith in what you see. Oftentimes, people undo all of their prayers. They have prayed and prayed and solicited the help of others in praying, but then they have undone their prayers and even nullified the faith of other people who are praying by speaking so negatively. Their prayers didn't work. It's true. But they have undone the effect of other people's prayers by being so negative and speaking so negatively. I was holding a meeting for a minister one time who would pray for his children and request prayer by others for them. But by staying in his home, I was able to observe something. At the same time he was praying and requesting prayer, he would keep telling his boy, you'll never mount anything. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do with you. I've done everything I can do. I prayed and prayed, and it looks as though it didn't have any effect. I have asked others to pray, and it doesn't do any good. Well, what good is it going to do to pray if you're going to keep talking that way? That's confessing that other people's prayers are not working either. You're confessing that God isn't working on the boy or helping him in any way, that he's getting worse. In fact, you're telling him that he'll never mount anything. You're building doubt and insecurity into him. Well, you know, I talked to him about it, and I believe I was able to help him to a certain extent. The boy turned out quite well after all. It's important, my friends, to see that you don't take away from your prayers, but rather add to them. If you're praying for children in the home, you must not do anything that would nullify the effects of that prayer. You have to build confidence and security into children instead of doubt and insecurity. All the praying that you may do, if you are going to undo it, just isn't going to work. That's where so many people have lost their children. They have just nullified the effects of their prayers. I, my boy told me, my son, now who's grown and married and uh, a, a minister himself, an ordained minister, that when he first went away to school, now this was the third year of high school, and he went to a Christian uh, school, high school. And the most difficult problems at this school are, are the preachers, pastors, or missionaries' children. He said it didn't take me long to find out the main thing that was wrong with these young people. I would mention doing things and they would say, do you mean your dad would let you do that? For instance, driving the car. My son had his driver's license as a 16-year-old boy. You mean your dad lets you drive the car? He said, why, yes, I drove the car all the way from Texas to Oregon. He drove his mother out there where I was holding a meeting. Why, man, if I even insinuate I want to get behind the wheel, my dad would knock me in the head. That was from, from one of the other preacher's sons. Well, all the praying, you see, a man would do, uh, that man might do, would be nullified by the wrong actions. I stayed in the pastor's home one time for whose son I really felt sorry. Today he's a grown man, and he's broken the hearts of his parents. Though he grew up in a pastor's home, he never mounted to much. He had been married several times and has never provided a living for his family. As a boy, a young boy preacher myself, before I was married, I stayed in the home. They constantly told that boy he'd never mount anything, so he didn't. They would pray and then say, I don't know what I'm going to do, Kenneth. I wish you'd pray for him. 
if he didn't do just right, they would knock that 12-year-old boy in the head halfway across the house and then kick him while he's down. They lost their tempers with him, you see. What could you expect? What could you expect? Naturally, they built into him insecurity and lack of confidence and lack of faith and all of their praying wouldn't work. As a young fellow, before I was ever married, I saw many children who were neglected. Their mothers, pastors' wives, worked in the church and were so busy that their children were left alone to do as they pleased, to run with whomsoever they wanted. I could see them losing their family. Well, what am I saying? I haven't digressed from the subject. They prayed and prayed and asked the church to pray and shed many tears and did a lot of fasting, but really they had nullified the effects of their prayers. Things that happened in our early years from the natural standpoint helped to mold our lives. And this is also true from the spiritual standpoint. For that reason, when I got married, I told my wife, I'll run the church and you run the house. I never would allow my wife to teach Sunday school. I know in the first church we pastored, after we were married, they said it's a custom here that the pastor teach the adult Bible class of the men and the pastor's wife teach the women. Well, I said, my wife doesn't. The board of this church said, yes, but it's our custom here. We've been doing that for 20 some odd years. I said, I just changed that custom. We'll just consolidate the two of them and make one big auditorium class and I will teach both of them. My wife doesn't teach Sunday school. Well, why, they asked. I said, well, you see, I'm going to preach and pastor the church and I want her to stay home and keep house and take care of, of me. I want her to run things over there and I'll run things over here. If no one else in the church could do anything, then I might let her do it. But there are too many other people that you can put to work, so let them do it. Then they wanted to put her in as president of the Women's Missionary Council. And I said, no, I don't want her to do that. She can come, but she doesn't serve in any capacity. Well, it paid off well. I'm saying that it's possible for us to nullify the effects of our prayers. We once had a lady who was a marvelous Christian Sunday school teacher. She was one of the best Sunday school teachers and most able Bible teacher in our entire church. I thought so then. I still think so after a great many years. Well, this was during World War Number Two. Uh, she had two or three boys who went into the service. Now, it's right that we should pray for our boys who are in the service. And this lady with tears would stand up and request prayer for her boys. And we would include them in prayer. She was a great woman of prayer herself. Now, after a certain length of time, one of the boys was going to be shipped overseas. Before he left, he had a, a, a furlough and he came home. He'd been in for quite a while, so it wasn't just a matter of returning after basic training because he had some rank. And as an airplane pilot, he had helped in training others. Well, he came home, and during that entire period, she never did come to church. It was a 30-day period. She didn't even teach her Sunday school class. The assistant teacher had to teach it. They were around visiting kinfolks one time on Sunday because they worked during the week. The very last Sunday that he was home, they had a family reunion. They had a good many children. Some of the older ones had been married for a number of years, so many grandchildren were also involved. It was just a big affair. She didn't come, of course, on that Sunday. He was there for this 30 days and left. After he left, the other one came in. Now, the very first Wednesday night that she was back to church, she got up with tears and asked us to pray for her boy. Pray for so-and-so especially. He's being shipped out and is on his way overseas right now. Pray for him that he'll be saved. See, he wasn't a Christian. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the message series by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Will of God in Prayer. 
In this three CD series, Kenneth E. Hagen explores the scriptures and instructs believers on how to use the Word of God in prayer. This series is just $21. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. You, you can watch Rhema Praise uh, video cast. That's right. Uh, and you can listen to Rhema, to Rhema for Today radio. And you can read the Word of Faith magazine. Uh, all of this online. can be done online at Rhema. Org. That's right. If you want to do that, and you also can download uh, our our app from the, to the iPhone or the Android, and, and also watch, watch our us. services live right. at ten o'clock on Sunday morning, seven o'clock Sunday night, and seven o'clock on Wednesday night. Central time. Central time. Okay. Right. Yeah. You always get that in there. I, I, I get I, that in there. Well, I do, I don't think that away. I so know. I'm glad you do. <laughs> Uh, you're the you're the detail person, that not I me. Am, I am. I'm your helpmate. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at rhema.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. Call today to get this month's special faith-building offer. Kenneth E. Hagen's The Will of God in Prayer 3 CD Series. Yours for the price of $21. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagen, The Will of God in Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.